This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. There's a lot to go over. Um, First and foremost... You know, I'm I'm hearing a lot of joking around about, ooh, they removed the glass behind the benches. Oh, boy, that's going to make a big deal for COVID. Well, uh, if it moves the needle at all, isn't it worth doing? It doesn't cost any money. Get more airflow, right? Listen, you've you've got a pretty embarrassing situation when you have 17 devils in COVID protocol. Uh, The numbers seem to grow in Buffalo and Colorado. Uh, Every night there seems to be another game that's postponed. There were three postponements last night because of COVID. Uh, The Sabres aren't going to play a game until February 9th at least. Uh, The Devils are not going to play another game until February 7th at least. I mean, these are are concerning things. And so whatever you can do to make it better, you try to do it. We talked about it with EJ earlier in the week. You know, there's a difference between basketball and hockey. Apparently, this virus does not move or transmit as easily in humidity. Well, in a basketball game, with all the sweat going around, it might not be able to transfer as easily in the dry air of the ice. So these guys come off the ice, and they're breathing, and if one of them's positive, if removing the glass behind the bench is going to help even an iota, isn't it worth doing? Um, But last night, let's start with the Rangers-Capitals game because I thought this was a pretty interesting game from the Rangers' standpoint. All right, The Capitals come in with only one loss in regulation, and by the way, it had happened the last time that they played. And you know, the Rangers are looking at this task of, of, the, of the upcoming week of having to play the Islanders, and that's always uh, a tough hill to hoe. And then you've got back-to-back games at home against the Boston Bruins, who are just an awesome hockey team. Um, so you've got Washington coming in, who only had one regulation loss, and then the Rangers were playing under 500 hockey. But they were coming off a win over Pittsburgh, so you wanted to see if this team was going to make a move, and they did. I mean, that was a nice, well-rounded 60-minute hockey game in which they got quality goaltending. Panarin had another three-point night, and how big has Panarin been for this team early on in the season, especially since you're waiting for Zibanejad to awaken. He did have an assist last night, but it was on the empty net goal. Um, They're playing well. And I don't know if you saw the highlight, but but the Bedetto goal is just tremendous because this is a kid hasn't hasn't scored a lot in the National Hockey League. Where he have like two three goals in his NHL career, and he has this amazing Brian Leach esque goal, which I thought that was just incredible, and he was just so happy about it, and you know, good for him. So something to keep an eye on here. Again, that's they got the Islanders coming up on Monday, and the Islanders are going to play a game against Pittsburgh tomorrow, but they haven't played at that often because they got stuck in the whole COVID thing. Not that they had it, but the teams that they were playing had. At it and maybe this team could put together a nice uh, three-game winning streak climb above 500 and see what they can do against the Boston Bruins who they always seem to be very competitive against right no matter what year it is no matter how good the team is it always seems to be like a one goal game against Boston so we'll see what happens from there but I thought that was a good solid effort and I think it's important too that as much as we want to see Georgiev get a chance to play, and it's going to be important for him to play, especially when we get back to an 82-game schedule, and I understand what Coach is trying to do by alternating them, but by getting Shesterk and a couple of wins under his belt back-to-back, and I would think he's going to play against the Islanders on on Monday. I don't know that for a fact, but I, I, why wouldn't you try to ride the hot hand here? Um, I, I think it's important that he be the number one goaltender of this team, right? I mean, I don't think what happened at the end of last year was a fluke. So get him going, and maybe the Rangers can get themselves going as well. Uh, Nobody expected this. The Canadians were just going nuts, but they lose to the Ottawa Senators. And I I guess the surprising thing about this one, Gallagher scores to give Montreal the 1-0 lead, and then Shabbat and Strusel score. 
uh, inside of what it ended up being, 18 seconds, very late, less than 40 seconds to play in the first period, gave Ottawa a 2-1 lead. And Montreal just never really recovered. And then when Brown scored midway through to second to make it 3-1, it just looked like Montreal was on their way to a loss. Two of the last uh, three losses, by the way, uh, remember, they got shut out uh, a couple of games ago by Calgary. Uh, Anderson scores late with a minute and 29 seconds to go uh, to make it close. But that's a nice effort uh, by Ottawa. Ottawa's got – the Strutzel kid is, is going to be good. Bobby Ryan's had a nice start for them. But listen, you're 1-8-1 and one going up against the best team in the NHL in the Bell Center. Uh, that was a little bit uh, surprising. Tremendous game between the Predators and the Panthers. Back and forth. Eventually won by Nashville – uh, in overtime, so Florida still with no losses in regulation, but this literally back and forth. Huberto had a couple of goals, so Florida's getting him going a little bit. Duchesne uh, had a couple of goals. Uh, Huberto ended up getting the hat trick, by the way. Um, Duchesne got the late goal with 57 seconds left to force overtime. Philippe Forsberg is very interesting. He's got six goals now. This is a real quality player. Um, and he's kind of forgotten there in Nashville because they only think about is their defense. But this Forsberg, when he's healthy, is a spectacular player. Nice win for the Blue Jackets. I got my ice pick wrong. I, I went for a Hail Mary, I'll, I'll admit, with my ice pick because I was getting the Stars at a goal and a half um, at plus 230. So it was a little bit too much for me. But Blue Jackets get a couple of goals early, and that pretty much put my pick to bed. Uh, but the, the story in this one, Patrick Line scores his first goal as a Columbus Blue Jacket, and that's going to be big uh, for Columbus. Now he's in the fold, a couple of games under his belt he scored, and I think that's going to be a, a, a fun ride for him, and we see if that uh, they can lock him down uh, long-term at the end of the day. Maple Leafs put up a touchdown on the Canucks, 7-3. to Again, if I've got to watch a game, all right, it's going to involve the Maple Leafs, right? Because they just are fun. Matthews gets a couple of goals. Jason Spezza had a hat trick, uh, which was amazing. Um, and it was a great tweet by Greg Wazinski. Uh, he said that Ottawa beats Montreal. Jason Spezza with a hat trick, uh, and it said hashtag tweets from 2007. Right, <laughs> like that's like Ottawa has a big win on the road. Uh, like when they were the best team in the league in 2007, at least in the regular season, and Spezza scoring hat tricks. But uh, Toronto's just a, just a fun, fun uh, team to watch. And also lockdown as well, because they always have the puck. Vancouver, only 19 shots on goal. Uh, Blackhawks with a nice win as they beat the Hurricanes 6-4. to four. Um, That was a real quality game. It was a great game for uh, Patrick Kane as he picks up his sixth goal of the season. Slew of assists as well. Uh, Assisted on the DeBrickett goal, which made it a 5-4 game. Broke the tie. Got an assist on DeBrickett's second goal, which came uh, in in the empty netter. So Kane ended up the the whole day with, uh, with a goal and three assists. So Chicago with a nice win. Good quality win for the Blues. And I want to give a tip of the cap to Anthony Pusick, who was the producer, because we were going over ice picks. He said he loved the over in that game at, I think it was at five and a half and they end up putting up a seven spot so the Coyotes with a big win in St. Louis against the Blues uh, the story in this one the Blues throw 42 shots on goal uh, but they're able to get the win as Rantanen makes 40 saves to get the Coyotes a win keep an eye on the Winnipeg Jets okay it's been a little bit up and down early but they go out and get Dubois they, they settle that whole thing with line A they're getting quality goaltending from Hullabuck he's made some big saves and this team can flat out score. They beat the Flames four to one. And here's an example: 
of why this is such a fun team. Okay, so they get rid of Line A. All right, it's a winger. But they're loaded at center, right? But they've got guys that can just flat out score. You look at their lineup, and there's just up and down the lineup of guys that can find the back of the net. Wheeler is a great scorer. Shifley is a great scorer. But you throw Kyle Connor. Nobody talks about Kyle Connor. The, the, the guy the guy just continues to light. He's got seven goals on the season. He has just been tremendous for them. Watch out for Winnipeg. I know everybody's talking about Toronto. Everybody's talking about Montreal, and rightly so. Winnipeg is a very, very dangerous team for sure. So we'll see um, whether they can actually – I think they're going to come out of that division – um, and I think they can they, they could be dangerous. Only a couple of years removed from going to a conference final, uh, by the way. All right, so tonight we've got five games. Bruins and the Flyers again. They play the Classic back on Wednesday. Boston scores late, wins in overtime. That's a great game. 14 wins between these two teams already this season. Lightning and the Red Wings, it's just a matter of Detroit trying to hold on. Tampa just, they're going to embarrass Detroit, I'm thinking, tonight. Um, even though I do like the team that loses to bounce back. This is men against boys tonight. Um, again, the Predators and the Panthers again. Um, that's going to be fun. Uh, I would probably bet the over in that one. Uh, Golden Knights and the Kings. That's at 10 o'clock Eastern time. And then the Sharks and the Ducks from Anaheim. As San Jose gets to play in California. Still on the road, but out of Arizona now for their home game. And now they get to play uh, the Ducks. So uh, that should be good. Want to hear from you? At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct is the way to go here. So let's go to Cat Daddy, who says, prior to the COVID stoppage for the Devils, they looked kind of promising. No. What's your opinion on them if they have a healthy Blackwood. Well, my opinion certainly has changed. I, I still don't think they're a playoff team, but watching Lindy Ruff and what he's been able to do with this team, first of all, Blackwood has been tremendous. So they get him back. They've got they've got the goaltending better than you thought they were going to have. Okay, Jack Hughes has been tremendous in his sophomore season. They're getting what they thought they were getting out of the first overall pick. Right, that's number two. Number three, you get Nico Hishier back. That's another first overall pick. So I think he is going to really add to this offense. And Palmieri being healthy, that, that's not a bad offensive team when you think about it. They've got a growing blue line. They are getting there. Fitzgerald has put together a team that I think has a very promising future. So if you continue to get the quality from Hughes, continue to get the quality goaltending, they'll be in every game every night. Uh, I don't think they're a playoff team in what I think is the best division in this COVID world, uh, the East um, but I, I, I think they're fun, and I think they're certainly a team to keep an eye on. Bill says, it's clear the Rangers are a talented team. The inconsistency is to be expected with such a young team. Do you think when they're on their game that they can compete with any team in the league? Yes, they can compete with any team in the league. We've seen that. David Quinn teams compete. The question is night in and night out with eight games with Boston, eight games with Philadelphia, seven more with Washington. Are they going to be able to win those games? That's the question. So competitive, yeah, they're going to be competitive. And I think they can play with these teams. They played with one of the best teams in the league last night against Washington. The question is, on a consistent basis, can they win enough to make the playoffs? The answer is probably no, but that can change as time goes on. Tim says, is Detroit the new Edmonton? High draft picks, but poor development. Their bottom six forwards are all over the age of 30. Bashel not even trying to get the kids in the mix. I think that fan base deserves better. What are your thoughts? Stay safe, Don. Well, the feel, and I did a couple of games at the end of last year. Not at the end of last year, but I did a couple of games in Detroit. One at the beginning of the year and one around the Super Bowl like or a year ago. And talking to the people around the Red Wings, they are just kind of committed to the rebuild. So they are being very, very patient with their young players. 
Remember, remember, they got guys that they got to give minutes to, right? Like Larkin, Mantha. Those are guys that got to get minutes. Uh, but you know, they're 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 right now in a rebuild, and they're trying to get the young guys some action. But you're right, uh, it's trying to get them the ice time. I don't know if Bashel's the guy. They seem to think so. We'll see. But yeah, there's that kind of feeling. You get all these young picks. Now they don't have the high end young picks that Edmonton had all those years with the with the McDavid's and the Drysidles and the Nugent Hopkins and the Halls and you know to that level of uh, the um, Yakupovs and all that. But they yeah, they they kind of have that feeling where it's just very slow. Hey, this is the price you pay when you go 20 years in a row making the playoffs. But we'll see if they're moving in the right direction but the, the it's a very very slow burn in detroit which i guess you can afford to do because of how hugely popular they are and to be an original 16 but it is a very very slow burn there in detroit shining wizards kevin says was it ever determined whether or not the postseason will be in a bubble if not do you see them leaning that way it's still very much up in the air if i had to guess i'd say no bubble very very expensive number one and number two we are seeing the numbers gradually go down we're not going to see the postseason until may so we still have another couple of months for people to get vaccinated the numbers to start to go down so the feeling seems to be no but they are open because things can change in a new york minute you know that um tommy b says in a normal season thanksgiving is a line of demarcation to use for seeing who keeps their playoff spot and who drops in uh, out of the standings uh, when would that point be this season? Trade deadline is April 12th, so maybe around March 1st. Yeah, I was thinking that too because you figure when you get to American Thanksgiving, and we have to say American Thanksgiving because there's a Thanksgiving in Canada, but when we get to American Thanksgiving, that's the end of November. So you're talking about six weeks into the season, all right? So with a 56-game seven season as opposed to an 82-game season, I think you then shave off a couple of weeks, right? So now we're talking a month. So the season started, yeah, so you're probably looking somewhere, maybe even earlier, Tommy. You know, we might be looking at mid-February where that's going to be. So, uh, yeah, I'm probably looking sometime, you know, within maybe maybe within the next week or so. Plus, it, it changes so much, right? Because you're playing within your division and there's been so many three-point games that it's going to be even harder, I think, to move up the standings, which really put the Islanders and the Rangers, especially in the East, in a really tough spot. Dick says, Don, how do you feel about Dallas Netminder's situation? Is Ben Bishop too injury-prone to be relied upon once he returns? It's a great question. They didn't have him last year. It didn't seem to bother them as they went to Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final. I, I would have to believe that relying on Ben Bishop now is probably not the best thing to do. All right, this was a lot of fun. And I promise next week, once we get a few more games under our belt here, and... Um, not as busy i'll be able to really focus on giving you a top five every friday um and as i i don't know if i mentioned it to you earlier in the week but i have reached out to leah hextall she is going to be back in the mix here probably not every week but we're going to try to get her incorporated back into things uh as soon as possible so we're looking forward to that so this is a fun uh, fun weekend coming up a lot of hockey to dive into i'll be back with you again on monday and we'll talk to ej raddick we'll get an update on what the COVID situation is and everything so thank you so much for listening have a great weekend this was the friday edition of game misconduct This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.